Hi everyone. So what you're about to hear would normally be considered a $3 an episode tier bonus episode for Word Tetris. However, the information given by Amy Berg is what I consider to be so vital, particularly right now with what's happened between the WGA and the ATA and the feelings that a lot of young writers are having um, while watching the process go down, particularly the unrepped ones, that I feel like I would be doing our community a disservice by putting this episode behind uh, the paywall. So to the $3 an episode tier people who will hear this and wonder why it's up uh, in front of the paywall, um, know that I intend at some point, somehow, I'm not sure how yet, to make this up to you. I will try my darndest to make it up to you in some capacity at a later date. But I felt like this needed to be out in the open for everyone to hear. That said... Um, if you are coming to this show and for the first time, and this is the first thing you're ever hearing of the show, my one ask is, if you can, head over to patreon.com slash word Tetris and just sign up for the $1 an episode tier and stay there for a week just so you get charged for that $1 and then leave. Um, if that's not your bag, then what you can also do is I set up a PayPal um, account so you can donate directly to the show if you want to donate a dollar. That way, that'd be helpful. That link is paypal.me slash word tetris again that's paypal.me slash word tetris so if you don't want to sign up for the patreon but you still feel like you want to give that dollar head over there do it directly that's fine um i i'm a one-man operation here so doing these shows is not easy sometimes it's certainly not free for me to do it the gas money alone is pricey sometimes um, and every little bit helps. But again, I just felt like that this one time, this particular bonus episode could not go behind the paywall for the betterment of our writer community as a whole. Uh, so with that said, on with the show. Amy Berg. Hi. Welcome back to work. We had an intense, you know, break conversation. Yeah, we I, did. Usually I go yeah, right in, did. but we need to, no. like, I vented a little bit. Listen, like, listen. We had our therapy session. Yes. Um, and it was very productive. And surprisingly, we didn't pull out the booze. Yeah. And it's right in front of us. It's literally within arm's reach. Any I'm kind gonna, we what want. What am I picking up? What am I picking up? That's, uh, cr that's Kraken rum. <laughs> spiced rum. Black spiced. Yeah. There's a squid on the label. There's there's a lot of rum can I take a Can I take a whiff? Yeah, take a whiff? absolutely. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, that's sweet. Some Patron. We it's, got it's some like, Bambay Sapphire. I, I smell like a little bit of cocoa in this. Yeah, it's spiced rum, so it's got a little, uh, uh, a little extra kick. Um. Okay. So today's a big day. The yeah. day we're recording. Yep. So for those that don't know, and I'm not, we're not going to do a huge primer on what's happening because at this point, enough information's out there. See my tweets. See Amy's tweets. <laughs> Basically, the. Usually, when the WGA is going to war with someone, it's the studios. That's usually what happens. This year, they've gone to war with their agents. Is basically, and not so much the agents, but the agencies. The agencies. Particularly the big four that is CAA, ICM, UTA, and... WME. WME. And the essence of the war of the war is based around this idea of packaging. If you want to know more about that, read Amy's tweets. <laughs> But I have a side-related question as someone who's constantly watching this from the outside. And all I ever hear about is people complain about their agents, complain about the mode of operations, complain about the business, complain about the packaging. Do I need a fucking agent? <laughs> like, here's the Because here's the thing. All anyone talks about is how 
no matter what, you have to get your first, you, you don't get the agent, you don't even get the manager. And by the way, this kind of extends to managers as well. Yeah. You don't get anything until you get your first job. Yeah. Then why the fuck do I need them? Because <laughs> clearly haven't I just proven that I can get work without them? Like, what good- You can get a job without them. That's a whole different ballgame from getting multiple jobs over multiple years for the rest of your career. All right, so then let's start there. Yeah. So- the war with the agents is a, is more the war with the agencies is about the amount a, a, a war over business model, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the way they're gaining how the business has changed and how how clients have not become the focus anymore. Uh, we've become a side hustle, right? And they've found uh, that they can get money elsewhere, and so we've sort of been lost in the process. But they yet they need your work to get that money, which is the weird thing. They yeah. still need you to. Get that money. Yeah, they're, it's they're making the money off of our backs, right. basically. Yeah, right. So, and the you know the essence being that like you know they set their own production. Com- I was, I was was funny was when I when all this came. I had this conversation with a big showrunner like in three years ago. Yeah, and he was like, so apparently this is not new. Is now you're in a position to actually make a change yeah because the contract was expiring yeah i mean those of us in leadership at at the writers guild have been talking um about this um the agency issue um for some time um and this was the the opportunity to uh to finally address it right in between our two mba negotiations right (laughs) so but the my problem is i'm looking at the system i'm looking at the way the system is one it feels like there's an over-reliance by the industry by the showrunners, by the, um, by the studios, by the people, by the people who hire people and buy, buy ideas. Yeah, there's an over reliance on the agencies, on the representation, on the managers to bring them stuff. Yeah, there's no mode for me to go approach a studio or a production company, you know, and say, "Hey, haven't I?" and not. And not unsolicited, not like just send them my thing, but reach out and go, hey, I've got a thing. I think you guys would be interested. Would you be interested in checking this out, right? Yeah. There's no mode for me as an individual to do that because of the idea that like, well, you know, you're if you're repped, it means someone's vetted you. And it's like, well, clearly that vetting system is broken. <laughs> it's if, totally broken. So then what good is that vetting system? Like why do I need I need to be convinced at this point that yeah. having representation is worthwhile. Well, and here's the thing, like the agencies have gone out of their way in recent years to like distance themselves from that original model um because they've they've found other revenue sources. And so um seeking out repping new people. talent right, repping is people. not something that is a part of their business model anymore. Right. Um, they need to know that on your own, you can get work. Um, and that just violates everything that we're supposed to do. And that is the other weird part yeah. to me. Do if, if, all right, if I'm repped, right. Yeah. And then I find my own job. I'm still obligated to give them 10%. Yes. Under what contract? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's not really a written contract anymore between clients and agents. Those don't um, usually exist. Um, sometimes at the highest level they do with like talent. But um, I mean, what the traditional mo- model of how agents work with clients is supposed to be that they do the heavy lifting um, as far as making sure the industry knows who you are. Mm-hmm. 
And and by and large, that's still part of their job. They've just not made it a focus of their job anymore. But they're, it's their job to outreach, basically, to put your name and your scripts out there for the world, to make sure they set meetings for you, to be the first line of defense um, when it comes to staffing season, and even once you're on a show, to sort of help you navigate political situations. Um but they're the ones that are supposed to set up the meetings and negotiate your deals. Uh, and by and large, the way the industry has changed, like, I mean, especially once you get to a point like where I am, where people know I've been on enough shows, I've worked with enough studios and producers and networks. A lot of my offers come to me directly, either through email or phone call to me. Uh, and then I have to bring my agents into the process and I think that's happening at all levels at this point. Uh, and and I think I think it's an honest question. Like what? Why do what I need? Can, yeah. Why, why do I what, need it? What do agents do for us now? Right. Um, that they that you know is is the same as what they did before because they used to be indisposable. Right. Part of the process. And also and also it's because the modes of communication have completely opened up. Hundred percent. Where yeah. I can like this podcast exists because I can DM people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All tw- it's is the every uh anyone who ever asked me how do you get all those people? They follow me on Twitter, I DM them. Yeah. Or I ask someone who's been on the show, hey, can you reach out to so and so and then and the email, and then an email happens. Like there's no barrier to get to so uh, yeah. get to a guest anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. Like um you know, it's uh I- I've had Oscar nominated writers on this fucking on my fucking shows. You yes. know, fucking I've sat in Eric Heiser's house. Yeah. Right? He's a a lovely man. He is a lovely lovely man. Um, But it's, so it's, I look at it and I go, and like the job I just had, I got because someone knew I was out of work and said, I I have a position opening up. Yeah. And then I suddenly got an email saying, I heard you might be interested in working here. Would you be interested in working? That's how I got my first, I I just, so I just ended my first, and last week was my last day on my first show. And it was, I got that through pure hustle, my yeah. own hustle. No, well, no one else. That never changes. Like I still hustle. Like, right. I mean, that it's a big part of the job. But if I'm doing the hustle, right. what are they doing? Right. So that's what? A, that's an honest question. So why do I have to bang my head against the white? So because so here's an example, and and there, I'm not here to knock what I'm about the example I'm about to bring up, but it, it this left people on my end a little feeling a little cold. Yeah. So Julie Pleck goes on Twitter yeah. like a month ago mm-hmm. and says, basically she's, what what we would find out a week later is Legacies was renewed. Mm. So she goes on Twitter and says, all right, everybody, I think I'm going to have some openings uh, coming up. Um, who do you think I should hire? <laughs> what, did you see this? No, I you didn't. You didn't see this? Okay, this, is the, this was a huge thing. So basically she goes on Twitter and says, I'm, I want to. I want to go outside the normal pool. I feel like the agents sometimes sent, keep sending me the same people. Yeah. So who 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 do you think would be good for my? Sh- who do you think would be good for writing on my shows? My, my uh, if you think it'd be good for Vampire Diaries or like like send, I want to see who you got. And so people actually start replying and saying you should check out this. You should check out her. It's yeah, like I actually yeah. did it for a friend of mine who had just recently gone through um, Imagine Impact. Yeah. And. Julie's Pleck response on every single tweet was, great, have their representation reach me, reach out to me. (laughs) 
this is so here's so now there's a bit so now it's like well the spirit of what well it's cool what she did because she actually i do i know for a fact that like my friend got an interview like yeah yeah. they like like they actually did it they actually took the new then they met with a whole group of a whole new group of people which one goes to show you how little the agencies are actually doing if this amount of people who are repped were able to like oh there's an opportunity here yeah but there's this whole group of people who aren't repped who suddenly felt deflated in that mm-hmm. moment. Because here's totally here's yeah. an here's it here's a and and she got praised and you know for do for even that that again she did she did something. Yeah. She went out of the she went out of the bubble and she met with a bunch of new people to try and see if she could staff and staff some uh people who maybe are repped but haven't gotten a good shot, yeah. right? But then you're looking at it unrepped and you're going, "Well, there was an opportunity, there was an open door." But the door is—it's it, not an—but it's not an open door. It's an open screen door. It's—it's not—it's you can see through it, but you can't actually walk through. Yeah. Because you don't have the key. Yeah. How am I supposed to feel about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, heartbreaking is what I would imagine. It right. Feels like. Um, and by the way, at the end of the day, even though like the door looked like it was open, it was just a tease. Right. And then it gets ch- shut in your face. When, right. If you don't have representation. Right. So like, is there is there an is to is part of the problem the industry a little bit that the industry relies so heavily on the representation to do the part? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's true. I because I think the model for writers has changed, and what we have to do has changed. But from the studio perspective, it's business as usual, um, and there are some very powerful agencies, as we know, um, and they rely on. Um, they use that power to sort of maintain those connections straight with the studio. And we sort of get left out in the cold on occasion. And so that's why it's always a hustle when it, even when, you know, you've, you've found work yourself and you've, you know, worked your way up and people know who you are. Um, it's still a hustle. You're still out there, um, making sure people know who you are. And that's the thing. I don't, my problem is not the hustle. hustle? And actually there is part of me that, I, clearly, I'm a sadist because yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. Yeah, the right? hustles. The, yeah, the chase is the chase is part of the fun. Yeah, right. Chasing to get like uh, the, like when we talk about on the other. I told you I told you what the IP was off mic that I was talking yeah. about. There was a good four months where I was trying to find out who owned the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I found out. I was like, well, there goes that. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's I do all this hustle, and it feels like. No matter how hard I hustle, no matter how hard I push, there's going to be a point where someone says, "Who like you remember one of the well, those fucking stupid anonymous letters?" Oh yeah, the anonymous articles. The one, the, one of the things that people got mad at was one of them said, "You know, the agents, they like fucking the you know when you sit down to me, the first thing you ever asked is, you know, who who's your agent?" And everyone got mad at that line. Yeah, which is that, that part because that happened. that's not that doesn't happen. <laughs> but what does happen is when you're on your own. Not when you're in a fucking, if you're in the pitch meeting, yeah. you're not asked that question. No. However, I have been asked that question. Yeah. When you're unrupt is when you get asked that question. Right. And it's like, the answer is no one. And they go, oh. It's like, yeah. what, what's, what is stopping, say you, Amy Berg, yeah. from opening a door? Right? Like, like I'm not, and that's not to knock you or knock anyone in your position. Mm-hmm. But what is stopping you from? And is it is it is it the legality issue? Is it the unsolicited issue? 
Like, it, what what is it about the agents that give you the protection that prevents you from just saying, you know what, doors open, everyone send me stuff. Let's see what let's see what we got. Let's build a slush pile. Well, I mean, I think the big thing is if you crack open the door, it becomes a flood. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can't control the amount that comes through. And frankly, we just don't have that kind of time. Fair. Um, and that's the, really the only reason for me personally. I can't speak for other people. For other people, um, I'm sure the answer is different. But for me, um, there's probably a set number of scripts I can read. Um, given my schedule, given my other commitments... Um, and I can't, so I can't read everybody as much as I fucking want to. Right. You know, cause I want to find the diamonds in the rough that no one's taking a chance on. Those are the people I want. Um, but at the same time, because of the model of the industry, um, I need that to be sort of filtered down for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can actually read people. I guess then the next question is, are you maybe trusting the wrong people? than to do that for you because like i so like another example i think of is monk when jordan peele's company monkey paw set up an open submission line yeah i saw that that's awesome and the idea was they basically it's awesome and dangerous at the same time well but they you when you read the fine print i know the fine print is the thing though i mean like they had a lawyer write that fucking from scratch for sure yeah i'm the first i'm like listen my first meeting in town was with joss whedon when i was 22 years old and he read a buffy spec imagine the amount of paperwork i had to sign right there is no possible way i could have sued him ever if something showed up no like for me so on the main show when i mentioned the showrunner who sent me that email that cut me to the core yeah the first time he read something of mine he had me sign a litany of releases from nbc universal just to read something of yours well because he was right to do he didn't know me from a hole in the wall so he yeah, wanted yeah. to make sure he had a, like basically protection yeah in case you know he was developing something similar or exactly what have you. Yeah. exactly he had and so and he was right to do that yeah that's that's fine yeah i'm happy to sign any release i got assigned to get you to read me yeah right totally fine with that yeah so like jordan peele's company they go out they set up the open submission line and they basically take a page from the from the, from the publishing company from the uh, publishing world which is slush pile yeah we're not doing anything there's nothing on my desk right now so an assistant so like an assistant goes well, let's go into the stack let's pull something out let's yeah. see what's there yeah right that's it if there's not a publisher on the planet that doesn't have a slush pile yep just so they have something to do i would love to have a slush pile right i don't have the infrastructure as a human being could, as a person and not a company okay to do it. C- yeah. but could say the guild create the slush pile could the like what what's stopping say the guild from like setting up that slush pile so that anyone at any time could be like okay everyone's re- the waivers have been signed i am free to go reach into this and yeah. read through some log lines and go this sounds interesting let me pluck that and read that sample that's awesome the, couldn't there be that because you guys are I'm, just, gonna, I'm gonna pitch that to the writers please pitch it <laughs> that'd be pitching pitch it yeah. fucking because you guys cause, i mean that like someone like i mean the blacklist has that online right um, but the, and yeah. so the blacklist is the closest we've come yes that's the closest we've come. that's the closest we've come it's the other deal. And I understand that people got to make money, yeah. but the prices on the blacklist are priced. Yeah. I don't think there should be a price on that. No. I feel like, I feel like that, that is a barrier to the process that um, we should do away with. Right. Um, Which is why I said the guilt. Cause I yeah. think the guild would have the infrastructure to do it and not, tra- not cost anyone money. And yeah. yes, it would be a flood. Yeah. It would be a total flood. Yeah. And 90% of it's going to be shit. Yeah. 
But that's what makes it kind of beautiful if the guild does it because then everybody has access to it. Yeah. And so when, because I, I don't think you're alone. Yeah. I don't think you're alone in that a feeling of, I wish I had a method to, I wish I had the infrastructure to have I would the love slush to have that, yeah. Like, and then be like, well, what if, if the guild does it and the, or that organization does it and then you as a show, you as someone in a hiring position goes, you know what? I want to go out. Let me go outside. You know what? Let me let me read through some. Let me see what's here. Let me yeah. just see what. Also, it's like I'm bored. I got nothing to do. Which for you is rare. I've never experienced that. I know. I know. I'm just making a point though. Yeah, it's yeah. like let me go in here. Let me see. Let me just see what's here. Right? If you, or if you are like, uh, uh, if you're like, say, a director who owns their own production company. Yeah. It's like, well, what's in there? Yeah. Right? Maybe I find something I want to. I want to do. Yeah. Right? If you're a director, writer, director, I should say. And also, the Directors Guild could have this too, by the way. Like, it's a just a, a place to create a, a group slush pile of... And then, like, and then on my side, it's like, okay, well, what is your thing? Well, it's an action thing. It's a, it's a mystery or it's a horror script. And, you know, it's this many pages long. Like, you could get down to the bone on the filters of, like... like and you could be like, all right, I want to see all the action scripts yeah. or all the action pilots... Um, to make them show me and really like really could hone down exactly what you're looking for and yeah. that's a way to sort of filter through it a little bit we have i mean we have that infrastructure now built um through that thing through the the submission system that we which why wasn't that always there uh you know because we had agents that worked for us before <laughs> and we didn't actually need it right um and now we don't necessarily have that and so um i think it's going to be a thing uh regardless of how the ata um negotiations no it's a game itself. changer it's going to change I, the whole I, it's going to stay so um you know i think what i would like to do is expand it i would like to expand it to you know um even if we can if we do it sort of you know increment by increment of like uh, people who are writers' assistants or writers' PAs or script coordinators have a po- have a slush pile that's for them. So you know, like for the people that get stuck in the script coordinator job, which of, there are many because it's such a specialized position. And when you're good at it, people that's that's all they want to think of you for. Writers' PAs have the same problem. Writers' PAs have the same exact problem. Yes. Um, and so, I would love to do that for them. And then we can have another one, too, that is the slush pile for everybody on the outside wanting to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I worry that the diamonds will get lost in all of the... Uh, well, yes. And that it, well, you know, ultimate, but, well, ultimately what it becomes is... And there might, and I think there would be ways to sort of... I love ad- that I combine metaphors, like yes. a diamond in a pile of hay. Yeah. That's pretty great. I love... Well, and I think there are ways... One, I love that. Two, I think there are ways to deal with that like maybe for example on the pile that the slush pile from the outside it's not indefinite your yeah. script will sit there for a certain amount of time yeah and then you can never submit that script again yeah like it was sat in the slush pile it had its chance it gets pulled out because also then it forces people to write more stuff yeah you want to be a writer you got to keep writing yeah, yeah, yeah it's a way to be like all right well if, i mean it, that's interesting like if you put a time limit on it um I love that it forces people to keep working. Right. It's you're not just waiting for an opportunity to come. You're 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 you know if there's only if it's like a year limit, you right. can put it up for a year and then it gets removed and then you're not like then it's not a slush pile that keeps getting bigger. Right. It's a slush pile that keeps getting renewed. Right. That's awesome. Right. I'm that good at work. this shit, dude. What? Yeah. <laughs> I 
So I'll call the guild when we're done here. I'm you better. (laughs) You gotta. It's like so. But that's the point, though. Is like I feel like the 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 doors. If you want to tell me that I need an agent or I need a manager, and like you you said one thing in one of your threads that I think really sort of honed in why you do need one. Yeah. The guild minimums are not high enough. Yep. And so you need the person being the the dick for you. Yep. Getting you more money. Yeah, it's it, overskill income is where is the difference between um, barely making a living and making a good living. Right. And now, but then my the counter I feel like is why can't a lawyer do that? A lawyer does do that. Right. So if you have if you have a manager who goes out and gets you meetings mm-hmm. um, and does all the follow up, and if you have a lawyer. That um, does all of those, uh, that, you know, negotiates the deal and does all the fine print for you. Those are really the two things that you need to function as a writer in this town. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you'll have the lawyer regardless. So. Well, I, well, and what happened was the agents used to be both of those things in one. Right. And, and it, because they were both of those things, you didn't need a lawyer because they have lawyers at the agencies. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a manager because their job was to... Not just find you work, but help shepherd you through your career. They have moved away from that model. Mm-hmm. Like I even have felt from my from UTA a push towards getting a lawyer and a manager, which I now have both. Um, uh, and I felt that push because you know their model is changing. Mm-hmm. Their model is they're getting money from other places, from packaging freeze, and now from producing. Um, that they don't need us. Um, well, they need primary, you. Well, but they don't need us. We're not their primary source of income right. anymore. Right, the 10%. They the don't 10% need the 10%. model, like, they're no longer a 10%ery. They are a corporate entity. Right. Um, and and because of that, like, I feel like some of the other responsibilities that normally were attributed to agents, which is shepherd you throughout your career and negotiate your contracts, have now been sloughed off to managers and lawyers. But now I'm at a place since most of my work comes to me directly um, and everything that goes through my agents is because people are reaching out for me directly and they're just using the agency as an, in, uh, you know. So I guess here's the crux of the question. Yeah. Should I even be bothering to try getting repped at all anymore? Yeah. And just like, you know, I'm really just should 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 we all on my side of the aisle? Yeah. Should we all just stop trying to get repped and be like, you know what? We'll just find another way and stop trying to go that way because yeah. it feels like that way isn't like like everyone used to say, everyone used to say yeah it's hard but you know you gotta keep pushing forward okay it's yeah. starting to feel like it went from it feel it feels like that it went from being a mountain made of concrete that you had to chip away at yep to being a mountain made of vibranium <laughs> that's what it feels like now yeah is there's no it's the strongest metal on earth and it's closed. Yeah. Yeah. So should I bother continuing to try that way? Well, the problem is you have to sort of construct some sort of, uh, you know, magnetic apparatus that now allows you. But it's a more work that you have to do. Right. It's not just chipping away with a pickaxe. Right. You need more. Right. Um, you need some sort of, like your own infrastructure, which and that means like starting um, like you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, be a PA, work your way up. Prove yourself. But that's always been that way. It, it's been the, that's been the model from the beginning. That's not really changed, right? But here's what I would argue as far as what uh, an agent or manager can do. Okay, I still hire off of them. Mm-hmm. So that's how I know it works, <laughs> right? I I mean, I mean, bottom line, like 
Um, my friend Simon Barry created Warrior Nun. Um, he prim- primarily had done work in Canada. He came to LA. I loved Continuum. Um, ah, Continuum was a great show. Um, and uh, he didn't really know anyone here, and the staff was going to be in LA. His first staff that he's ever had in LA. So he called me and was like, um, listen, can you do this show with me? I said, I would love to. I can't, but I maybe can consult. And he's like, I need, I need your help put together a writing staff. Uh, and, uh, our staff writer was someone who a friend of mine, who's a manager had sent my way, um, months earlier. And I had read at the time and, and loved, and she was always in the back of my head, um, Sheila Wilson. And so when this opportunity came up and I was like, oh yeah, there was this script that like a manager had sent me, um, the old fashioned way, manager had sent a me. manager. And here's the thing I'll tell you about, um, how we found the rest of our staff. Um, uh, our number two was a friend of mine, um, uh, Terry Hughes Burton, who, uh, I asked Simon to bring on because she's just badass. Uh, and, um, the other two writers on our staff were filled out by people I asked UTA for. (laughs) Um, and like, and it wasn't sort of like a natural thing for them to just sort of submit writers to me. I had to tell them, guys, I'm staffing this show. If you want two writers, you know, we have room for two. Do you have two writers that you want me to read? Um, and, and finally they sent me 10. But it was like I had to reach out and do it. Right. Because um, that was the other thing is that the other part of the argument is like, well, they know who, they know all the shows that are going up. They know. Yeah. They, it sounds like either they don't or don't care. Uh, I think, I think, I think we give them more credit for knowing things. Uh, the number of things that I've had to inform them of, and this is, this probably goes for everybody, um, at every agency. Like, you know, we have to let them, you know, oh, I just got hired, uh, to do this thing, which I, you know, obviously did not come through UTA at all. Um, and, uh, and so the fact that is, hey, we're staffing now. Do you guys have any um, things you want to send to me? Um, they found that out through me. Right. So they didn't find that out through their, you know, imaginary, you know, force, um, you know, fingers reaching into the ether to know everything. Right. Um, they find that out a lot of the times through their own clients. So Those grids are not up to date. No, they're not up to date. <laughs> like, yeah. If you look at their, uh, I mean, like every day, the um, infrastructure of Netflix changes literally every day. So like, <laughs> there's no way you can keep up to that. Yeah. Um, okay. So what it sounds like is, and I'm, I'm referring, when I say agents, yeah. assume I'm referring all to all, repre- all representation. Sure. Representation has its place. It is still... The business is the the business model. The business model of the industry can be better. Yeah. But there are advantages to having one. Yes, hundred percent. Like getting you more money. Getting like, you more money, and um, once you get that first job, which ninety nine percent of the time you'll probably get yourself. So what it but that's what it sounds like is maybe it's worth stop pounding the pavement on trying to get reps and just go find a job. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. And let them come. And then it really is like you, what you've done is made me understand when someone says the advice of um, they'll come to you. Yeah. I now feel like I understand that. I can give you a specific example of them coming to like my, the reason. Well, let's end on that. Let's Uh, do that. So 
I spent my first three years in town writing half hours for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, those shows ended on their own accord um, because, you know, kids get older. And uh, I found myself completely... Uh, I don't know why anyone would want to create a kid show. You get three years <laughs> and you get fired. Th- you got three years in it. Um, I found myself, like, not knowing anything about the industry and not being repped. Because I've only, I only worked in the same building with the same people for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wanted to read my stupid Nickelodeon samples like that's not gonna give me a job and i wanted to write one hours uh and so uh, the hustle started anew you know like i had to hustle get the first job now i gotta hustle again um because i wasn't wrapped and i had to write specs uh and then eventually my specs got me noticed um and hired on to a show called north shore for fox i those specs got me that job through um acquaintances and scripts being handed from one person to another person to another person of people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got that job, still, like, no one was coming to me, but made a half dozen phone calls to all the agencies. Hey, guys, I got a job. People want me. I have two specs that are awesome. Do you have any interest? Sat down with all six agencies and mm-hmm. picked one. Um, but it wasn't until I had to reach out and say, Hey, look, I'm awesome. I got a job. They don't myself. know who you are. You have to make no, this. They have no idea. But, yeah. And they won't listen until you've already, you, you can go to the table and be like, yeah, people yeah. are hot. Yeah. People are calling, dude. Yeah. You want in on this? I got this job based on talent. So are you interested in having a little piece of that? Right. That's how it started. And that was 15 years ago. Right. So it's not different. It's still the same. Right. Um, and it's not until after you've already hustled and gotten yourself that first job. I mean, again, there's so you so you so they but they didn't come to you. No, like, they still didn't come to me. So yeah. that's so that so then you've actually changed it a little bit. So it sounds like the mo- the oh, here the order. But they of, were interested in me once I the had order of operations yeah. needs to be modified. Yeah, the order of operations needs to be modified in the following. Here's so we'll end on this. This is what I think everyone should do based on everything I just heard today. Go get your first job. Yep. Then do the whole cold querying agents and shit. Do it after you've gotten the job. After you've either, you know, have gotten taken interviews for staff writer gigs yeah. and all this shit. Then go out. Yeah. Then and then everyone be like, oh, okay, I guess. All right. What do you want? How can I help you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Then do it. Yeah. But you got to do the first thing first. Yeah. The agent I mean, won't come first. And it could be, I mean, it doesn't have to be getting that job. It could be, you know, winning a contest or, um, you know, going through um, one of the uh, the programs that are set up at the networks and studios. Um, it could be any number of processes in which you get noticed. Mm-hmm. But you, if you, you, you have to get do, noticed. Yeah. And that's your hustle. Yep. Yeah. Amy Berg, thank you for coming on Word Tetris. One more time, where can people find you online? Uh, Bergopolis on Twitter and Instagram. Warrior Nun coming out at some point. Yeah, sometime some, somewhere. Some point. That'll do this episode. We'll talk to you guys later.